Welcome, everyone. So good to have all of you with us, whether you're joining us online or whether you're at one of our churches. We're in week three of our series entitled Don't Take the Bait. Now, one of the things we all have in common, whether you're rich or poor, male or female, or follower of Jesus or not, is we all have moments and experiences and relationships where we have been deeply hurt. It wasn't small. It was very significant. It, it wasn't just distracting. It was devastating. And it wasn't just once. It was repeated over and over again. So if I ask you who lied to you, who lied about you, who betrayed you, who mistreated you, who took advantage of you, who hurt you, who did something to you and you still feel the effects of it, you would have an answer, wouldn't you? So what do you do about that kind of gut-wrenching stuff? What do you do about the person that you love so much or you admired so deeply and then they betrayed you? What, what about the dad that you so desperately wanted to please but you could never measure up to him? Or what about the roommate that you had that stole something from you or betrayed you in some way? Or what about the boyfriend who lied to you and then lied about you? Or what about the person who ripped you off and took your money? What about the person who should have protected you and instead they sexually or physically abused you and then they made you feel like it was your fault? Or what about that spouse who looked at you and said, I want out. You're not good enough anymore. I want to be with somebody else. And they walked out on you. What do you do when somebody betrays you or hurts you so deeply? Well, let me go ahead and just get the frustrating, painfully churchy, sounds so impractical answer kind of out of the way, because most of you already likely know what we're going to say, especially if you've been with us for the previous two weeks. And, and many of you already know what you should do, and that is this. You forgive. That's right, you forgive. But here's the thing. Our problem isn't knowing what to do. Our problem is figuring out how to do this. How am I supposed to forgive something so painful? How am I supposed to forgive something so evil? How am I supposed to forgive someone when they don't deserve it at all? Like, how do I forgive them, especially when they're still doing things that feel unforgivable? Or how do I forgive them when I don't want to forgive? Or how do I forgive when I don't feel like forgiving? Or how do I forgive when I keep trying and it just doesn't seem to work? See, all of those are really great questions. So let's just talk for a moment about why we resist forgiveness. I'm going to give you three. You might want to write these down. Sometimes... We just like the drug of anger. Like, I don't want to forgive because this anger I feel makes me feel powerful in a powerless situation. So whenever someone hurts you deeply, oftentimes you feel powerless. You can't fix it. Something has been done to you. But sometimes the anger gives you this sense of power over someone who has used their power against you. The problem is, and we talked about this last week, and if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's talk. Anger can't fix your hurt. Anger doesn't heal. It just drives the feeling of victimization even deeper. So that's the first reason we oftentimes resist. Second reason, 
we feel like we'll lose the hope of justice. Now, here's the thing. When you are hurt deeply or betrayed or wounded in some way, you want justice to be served, don't you? Like none of us want to see somebody get away with what they've done. So we want justice to be served, and that's why we resist. But there's another reason. Sometimes we don't feel responsible to forgive until they admit, ask, promise, and pay. This is how we say this. I just need them to admit that they were wrong. They need to own what they did and show me that they are sorry. I need them to ask me to forgive them. And I'm not going to forgive until they ask. And I need them to promise that they're never going to do this again. And then while they're at it, I want some proof that they're not going to do this again. I need to see them pay for what they did. I need to see them feel the pain that they caused me. And then when I see that, then that's going to be a catalyst for me to forgive them. Now, part of the reason I think we think this way is because of what we all possibly experienced as kids. Like two siblings, they get into it. And then mom steps in as a judge and declares who is guilty. And then she administers justice. And she says, like, you're wrong and you're wrong and you're right. Now, you guys all still apologize and you hug and you make things right. The problem with that is this. In the real world, there's often no one to definitively step in as the judge. And most of the time, both people think that they're right. So what happens when there's no definitive verdict? Well, I want justice, and I want things set right, and oftentimes I won't forgive until I get the assurance that things are going to be made right, and it feels safe to resume the relationship. But don't miss this. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is not a trust builder. See, trust is built over time with repeatable behaviors. Like there's no obligation to resume the relationship if you forgive. But we often resist because we think that's what forgiveness means. Now, we're going to come back to that in a second. But here's the problem with all three of these reasons. The problem is the impact that resisting has on you. Don't don't miss this. You might want to write it down as well. When you resist forgiving, you forfeit your own freedom. You you don't forfeit their freedom. You forfeit yours. See, when you resist forgiving, what you're doing is you're choosing to strap the grudge, the hurt, You're choosing to strap that burden to yourself. It's like you choosing to carry a hundred pound rock. Well, here's the thing. You might can carry it for a little while, but it's going to slow you down in life. And eventually it's going to take you out. What you do when you strap that burden to yourself is you lose the ability to move freely. Ironically, here's what happens to the other person who hurt you. The person who hurt you isn't slowed down by your rock. Only you feel the impact of your resistance to forgive. In fact, Beth Morris, she put it this way. She says, everybody messed up somehow. I don't care who they are. 
life's too wounding not to scar. That doesn't excuse wrongdoing or suspend consequences. Wrong's wrong. But unforgiveness glues us to the offender, and the wrong just keeps on wronging. See, that's the problem with resisting forgiveness. See, what happens is your unforgiveness, it glues you to the offender. What it does is it straps that 100-pound rock on your chest. And as she says, the wrong just keeps on wronging you. You can't be free from the hurt. So what do you do? Well, it just so happens that Jesus knew that we would resist forgiving and that your unforgiveness was going to hurt you more then it was going to hurt others. It's going to hurt you, and it's going to hurt others, but it's going to hurt you more. And so today, we're going to look at something that Jesus told his friends. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to go with us to Luke chapter 17. And in this passage and in this interaction, he reminds us about how to forgive and how to think about forgiveness. In fact, here's what he says in Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. In other words, we talked about this in week one, stuff is going to happen and you'll have the choice to be offended or to be angry and you will even possibly be hurt from time to time. But Jesus goes on and he says, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Now, when you read that, I mean, that just sounds so serious, doesn't it? Like, it's just serious. I mean, think about what he says. It would be better for them to be thrown in the sea with a millstone tied around their neck. That is serious stuff. But here's the thing. I don't think Jesus is saying is if you hurt somebody, God's going to get you good. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what Jesus is getting at is this. He's saying, if you hurt someone your sin's going to get you good. In fact, this is the warning then. In fact, you could write it down. All sin comes prepackaged with a penalty. So that person who hurt you, what Jesus is saying is they're going to pay. They can't avoid paying for it. Their sin comes prepackaged with a penalty and even pain as part of that penalty. So you don't have to worry about your forgiveness freeing them from facing justice. Justice will be served. Sin is going to make them pay. It's going to take care of punishing them. You can be sure of that. So sin comes prepackaged with a penalty. So Jesus says, so watch yourselves. If your brothers or sisters sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. And then he goes on. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Now, that can seem a little bit unrealistic or maybe even uncompassionate of Jesus. I mean, after all, I'm the one hurt and Jesus, you're telling me I must forgive? They, they've wronged me or they've wounded me over and over like seven times, and the word seven times just means unlimited amount of times, and you're telling me I must forgive them? Like, how cruel is that to me, Jesus? Well, 
it's not cruel at all when you understand what forgiveness really is. See, forgiveness, it's not forgetting. That's impossible in most situations anyway. And you might not even need to forget. For, forgiveness isn't minimizing the offense or sweeping it under the rug or saying it's not a big deal. It's a big deal or you wouldn't need to forgive. No, that's not forgiveness. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is when you choose to no longer demand payment for what they took from you. See, forgiveness actually has very little to do with them. Forgiveness is more of an internal kind of thing. It's when you choose to say, I am tired of carrying this burden around. I'm tired of carrying this 100-pound rock, and you choose to lay it down. It's when you choose to cancel the debt they owe you so you're not glued to them anymore. Forgiveness is for your freedom, not theirs. This is why Jesus said, even if they hurt you multiple times in one day, you should forgive all the times that they ask you to forgive or all the times that they hurt you. Because see, it's not about how many times they hurt you. It's about what's happening in your heart. Well, Jesus' friends hear this, and they're probably thinking something like you're maybe thinking right now. This just seems too much. So they look at Jesus and they say this, Lord, increase our faith. It's kind of their way of saying, we, we just can't do that. We just can't offer unlimited forgiveness. I mean, that's ridiculous for us to forgive like that. Who forgives like that? Well, here's the thing. Jesus is calling us to forgive like that. And if you want to forgive that way, then the disciples are saying to Jesus, and many of us are thinking this, you got to give us more faith, Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't think their faith was a problem. He, he was actually saying forgiveness takes very little faith. In fact, notice what he says. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted to be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. In other words, it doesn't take much faith to forgive. Faith is not the problem. And then after he makes this statement, he starts telling them one of his stories that he makes up to make a point. We call them parables. And it seems like maybe this story has nothing to do with forgiveness. But I want you to listen to the story and see if you can make the connection because it's here. Notice what he says. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? No, he won't say that. He will say, rather, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? And you might be thinking, well, he should. We all should be grateful and show appreciation to people. Well, we should be grateful and show appreciation. But that's not Jesus' point right here. Here's Jesus' point. Look at verse 10. He said, so you also, when you have done everything you were told to do. Think just a moment. What did Jesus just tell them to do? He told them to forgive. So he's looking at these guys who just said, 
we can't forgive. That's unreasonable. You better give us a lot more faith if you expect us to forgive that way. He looks at these guys and says, no, no, no. You're just like the servant doing what you were told to do, doing your job. In fact, look back at the end of this verse. He says, so you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Don't miss this. Jesus' point is, when you and I forgive someone who hurt us deeply, we should not act like we did something heroic. We haven't. We shouldn't even act like we are somebody special. We have just done our duty. That's only what we've done. And you may be asking, how is this my duty? Here's how. It's my duty to forgive because I've already been forgiven for more than I'll be ever asked to forgive. In fact, Jesus says, may I remind you of the depth of my love and my forgiveness for you. Because compared to his forgiveness and his grace, is the forgiveness that is needed from you and I, I mean, is it really so extraordinary? So here's the thing. If you're struggling to forgive somebody, maybe it's either because you've never truly experienced and received God's forgiveness, or maybe you don't realize how much you've been forgiven yourself. See, people who are aware and grateful for Jesus' forgiveness toward us, man, they never refuse to offer forgiveness to other people. And here's why. Because forgiven people, people who truly feel forgiven by God, they forgive. Like, how could you do anything else? How could we do anything else when we think of the price of forgiveness? Jesus had to die on a Roman cross for you to be offered forgiveness. Think about that. And his death, it wasn't just to help you connect with God. It was also to help you experience the forgiveness that helps you to connect and stay connected with others. Or maybe the other reason that you struggle with forgiving someone is this, is, is you can't forgive because you are confused about the act and the impact. See, maybe no one's ever taught you how to forgive based upon the act and the impact. So let me explain this. See, the act, that is that thing they did in a specific moment of time. The word they said. The moment of abuse. The moment of the affair, the moment they stole from you, whatever that was, that was the act. Now, here's the thing. The act is in a moment. The impact of the act is felt over time. See, the act, it may have occurred in 30 seconds, but the impact, it could be felt for over 30 years. It could be felt over time. And this explains why some of you, you feel like that you have just failed or been a failure at forgiveness. Like you chose to forgive, but you still feel anger or pain or resentment. And you're assuming like, I haven't forgiven them right. But just because you forgive the act doesn't mean you won't have to deal with the impact down the road. See, that's why forgiveness is both a decision in this moment in time, and it is also a process. 
See, God asks us for, to forgive first the act that they did to us. Like, we don't need to see remorse or repentance or reconciliation to forgive them for the act. You decide today to forgive. Say, God, I'm going to forgive for the act in this moment. But forgiving for the impact, that's a process because this is going to be felt over time, sometimes over a lifetime. Because see, here's what's going to happen. You're going to feel the impact multiple times over an extended period of time from any act that happens to you. That's why forgiveness is oftentimes what we call a lifelong process. If you feel deeply betrayed, you're going to feel the impact for a long period of time. For example, if you deeply betray my trust, I can forgive you for that specific act. But that doesn't negate the fact that I'm going to feel the impact of what you did for me to me maybe for months or for years to come. That impact, it can pop up at different times when I'm reminded of what you did or when I'm in a similar situation or when I need to trust someone else, but I struggle because of the impact. See, it'll impact the closeness of some relationships because I just can't trust like I used to. So, I have to decide not just to forgive because of the act, but every time I feel the impact, I have to decide to forgive that too in that moment, which brings up an oftentimes asked question. What if I don't feel forgiving toward them? Well, I hope this will help you. Lisa Turkis, she tells a story of how her counselors really helped her through this. He asked her to take out a bunch of three by five index cards and write down every act of being wrong that needed to be forgiven on separate cards. So each card had an act on it. You hurt me when you did this or when you didn't do that or said this or refused to say that, whatever caused the hurt. And then also on other cards, write down the impact those acts have had. And then he said, what I want you to do is I want you to go one by one and I want you to decide to forgive. Read it and say, you did this to me, but I'm deciding to forgive you. I'm canceling the debt. You don't owe me anymore. To which Lisa said, but I don't feel forgiving about these things. And this is when the breakthrough came. He said, now put a red dot on each card and tell yourself, what my feelings won't allow, Jesus' forgiveness will cover. In other words, you have to recognize that your forgiveness is not driven by your power. No, your forgiveness doesn't happen by powering through. The secret to forgiveness isn't determination, but cooperation. See, the way that I forgive is by asking God to extend the forgiveness that he's given to me and let it flow through me, God. I've been forgiven, so I have what I need to forgive. Listen, what my feelings won't allow, Jesus' forgiveness will surely cover. And I, I can do this with his help. And, and when you do that, You've made the decision to forgive, not just the act, but also the impact. 
So from that point on, what you're doing is you're simply walking through what we now call the process of forgiving. So whenever the anger or the anxiety or the pain or the grief, the fear pops up, you just stop and you just mentally write it on a three by five card and you put that little red dot on there and then you remind yourself of what's happening and you say what my feelings won't allow, Jesus' forgiveness will surely cover and you also remind yourself that you are not a forgiveness failure. You're just feeling another impact from what happened. So you're choosing to forgive the impact of the act and you release, you lay down that hundred pound boulder, that hundred pound rock, instead of picking it up again in that moment and you choose to live in freedom. So today as we close, I I just wanna invite you to do two things. First, if, if you are carrying around a rock of anger, of unforgiveness, if you're still glued to an offender, will you today choose to forgive? Will you choose to put down the rock and leave it laying there, even in those moments when you have those feelings from the impact? Will you stop resisting forgiving? Will you choose like right now to forgive them for the act and then commit to forgiving them whenever you feel the impact? And I I know that's so difficult to do. It is so hard. But I'm telling you, it's what's best for you. It's also what Jesus has done for you and for me. In fact, maybe some of you, you need to go home and get some index cards or take some paper and cut it up and just write down the acts and the impacts. And then just pray this prayer. What my feelings won't allow, Jesus' forgiveness will cover. God, help me forgive. I'm cooperating with you. I'm no longer just trying to power through on this thing. I'm cooperating with you. And second thing is, and we've talked about this before, and I'm telling you, it's so freeing when you make this decision. Will you pre-decide to forgive? Like, do you know when the best time is to forgive somebody? Here's when. Before they have hurt you, wronged you, or offended you. Now, here's the reality. We're doing life with a lot of hurt people. And we are hurt ourselves. So you know what's going to happen in life? We're going to hurt each other. So will you decide to forgive right now? We decide, I'm going to choose in the moment when it happens. I've already said, I'm going to forgive. I've pre-decided that. And I'm not just doing it for their benefit. I'm doing it for my benefit. Not necessarily even to reconcile or resume the relationship, but you're choosing to say, I'm choosing to forgive, to release myself from the burden of unforgiveness. Like, will you become a person who practice forgiveness because you have been deeply forgiven by Jesus? I mean, after all, when you really stop and think about it, Jesus predecided to forgive you. Don't forget what we said last week. Like your life, I mean, is too short and your purpose is too great to be distracted by the burden of unforgiveness. So for your own sake, forgive. Because remember this, forgiven people forgive because forgiveness isn't determination, but cooperation. Now, if you're still listening today and you have no desire to do this, Maybe it's because you've never actually experienced forgiveness for yourself. But guess what? All of those things in your past that, I mean, they just 
you beat yourself up over all the time because of what you did in your past. Those things that have impacted people so painfully that when you look in their eyes, it just crushes you. Can I tell you something? Jesus predecided to forgive all of your sins against him and all of your sins against other people. It's unconditional. It's free to you if you will just accept it. And maybe today um, you're not grateful for God's forgiveness because it's just not real to you yet. But here's the thing. It can be real, and we want it to be real. And so we want to give you an opportunity right now in this moment to experience and to receive God's forgiveness, his unconditional, his free forgiveness to you. So no matter where you're at, maybe you're watching online or you're one of our churches, if, if you have never received Jesus' forgiveness in, into your life, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you made him your Lord and Savior and received his forgiveness, will you bow your heads and pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud? Just say, Jesus Today, I invite you to come into my heart, I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm tired of carrying this burden of unforgiveness. Today, I ask you to forgive me for every act of sin that I've ever committed against you and other people. I ask you to come in my heart, be my Lord and my life leader from this day forward. And I'm going to begin the process of keeping my eyes focused on you. And I'm just going to keep coming back and I'm going to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and love others and forgive others the way you've loved and forgive me. Thank you for changing my whole identity in this moment, that I am no longer an enemy of God, but I am now a child of God, loved unconditionally by my heavenly father because of the incredible gift that jesus christ made available to me on the cross thank you for this wonderful new relationship with you all because of what jesus did for me by forgiving me in jesus name amen hey if you just prayed that prayer please let us know that you took that step it's the most important step that you're ever going to make in your life. So inside your worship guides, if you're one of our churches, there's a connect card there. Please let us know on that. You can drop those cards off in the giving buckets or in the giving boxes in the back of the auditoriums. Or you can stop by the gallery on your way, back, on your way out. If you're online, you can go on the RCC app and you can let us know on the digital connect card. Because we'd love to come alongside you and help you make some next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Now, to close out this series, um, I want to close out our time today um, by just taking communion together. And, and the band is going to lead us in a song that talks about God's incredible love for us and his amazing forgiveness and the cost of making forgiveness available to us. And I want you to think about the cost and his love as we take communion together. Because see, the reason we take communion is to remind ourselves of what Jesus went through to forgive. And I want us to be reminded of, as we take communion together, that Jesus didn't demand that we pay for our sins. Instead, he paid our debt by dying on the cross, by his body being broken on the cross and his blood being shed for us on the cross. He didn't forgive because he felt like it or because we deserved it. He forgave because he loved us enough to say, I want you 
to be free. And here's the thing. When you and I understand how much we've been forgiven, what happens is that is really like our first step toward escaping the trap of being caught up in being offended and being anger, living in that trap of anger, and being able to live forgiving others and finding that freedom. So I'm going to pray for us in just a moment, and then our band's going to come out, and they're going to sing. And as they're singing, I just really want you to sit and reflect and think about what Jesus Christ did for us, how much he loved, what it cost. And then when you're ready, I want you to take and you eat the bread, drink the juice, as a reminder, the incredible forgiveness that we've been given. And then will you make a commitment in that moment to say, God, I'm choosing to forgive the act as well as the impact whenever it comes up in the future. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment when we can be reminded how much we've been forgiven for. And God, may it lead us to live as free people, free in the sense that we're no longer carrying the burden of offense, the burden of anger, but we're living free because we are extending the forgiveness that has been given to us to those that are around us. And God, may we understand that your forgiveness toward us, it's, it's lifelong. And so may we extend that same kind of forgiveness to those whose impact on us is also lifelong. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.